0: Welcome into the bad fan history in the world of golf and tennis. The premier league is in full swing with two teams leading the way by scoring massive amounts of goals and what clubs have reason for concern already this season. Your journey with the bad fan begins right now. Hello and welcome in. I'm your host, Cole Carter, and I'm so glad you have tuned in with us today. As you can see, joined by my good friends and fellow hosts, Brandon Pacek and Stephen Curl. Gentlemen, it's good to see you. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. How you doing? And uh, how's the weekend?
1: I'm doing so well sort of tired my dad kept me out late last night my dad came up from nashville uh we went and saw a lot of different music groups we saw the best damn band in the land uh the ohio state marching band perform a family and friends thing that got me in the mood for college football this weekend and i have tickets not to the notre dame ohio state game but i will be going down to tql stadium in cincinnati and watching charlotte lose to fc cincinnati this weekend
0: very cool very cool how far of a drive is it for you to get to cincinnati
1: uh, an hour and a half or so it's
0: like 110 miles yeah that's not bad that will be awesome to see hopefully yeah Brendan vasquez can stay hot against charlotte uh, will. be very nice
2: to see steve good to see you once again how about you how you doing uh doing quite swell we had our fantasy football draft um yesterday yeah yesterday um so i already got to stir up some chaos with the trades right before the draft so that's what i love to do um don't love that i'm down on the bottom square this stream but you know it's fine um but yeah looking forward to getting into it love
0: it you're sort of the Alex Anthopoulos of our fantasy football league you're always making moves seems like you'd be, always be the guy on your phone you got two phones you're like fabrizio romano <laughs> making deals getting the rumors going i respect that i try that uh, a little upset you haven't sent one my way to be honest.
1: Um, there's there's time for that.
0: Yeah, there's there's time. Um, yeah. Well, welcome in to everybody. We're so glad that you guys have joined the bad fan. Once again, uh, some quick news from around the sports world. Uh, this past weekend in Atlanta, Rory McIlroy Roy has won his third PGA tour championship, uh, winning the FedEx cup. Um, pretty amazing just to see. I got the chance to actually go there in person on Saturday. Um, he came back from a sizable amount of strokes. Scotty Scheffler kind of threw this one away, and Rory's able to come out on top. And as I said, win this tournament for the third time, beating Tiger Woods out. Um, he had mentioned there being a race for it, and he beat out Tiger. Tiger, in fairness, did almost die in a car wreck. But hey, awesome to see Rory come out and win the PGA Tour Championship. Uh, some more history uh, up in New York. Serena Williams, who had mentioned her intention to retire from the world of tennis is now playing what could be her last major tournament up in New York at the U S open. And she did kick off the tournament with a win in the first round. Um, so it will be interesting to see if she can go off riding into the sunset on top of the tennis world uh, remains to be seen, but a little sad, kind of crazy. I mean, you guys can attest that, you know, Venus and Serena were, you know, tennis in the early 2000s. It's kind of crazy that we're approaching the end of that story. Um, but that's really approach the end of her story we're also coming up on the start of the college football season which we hope to bring you guys a little bit of a preview upcoming on friday's episode of the bad fan uh, talking about games like georgia of uh, oregon at mercedes-benz stadium and like brandon mentioned ohio state notre dame uh, some games just to kick off the season as well as maybe our predictions for uh, what we think the season might look like but uh on the topic of soccer over the pond in England and Europe, uh, some deals that have gone down and some rumors that have been swirling, uh, beginning with Tottenham and Sergio Reguilón, the left back that has seemingly fallen out of favor with Antonio Conte in his starting 11, having options like Ryan Sessegnon and Ivan Perisic um, on the left side. And Stephen, I'll let you kind of take this one away. Is Reguilón on the way out because of his performances or just... Maybe not fitting in Antonio's system.
2: Um, I think the latter, not fitting in the system, and you know Conte being in love with Perisic, coaching him over at Inter Milan um, previously. Um, However, Regulon's performances weren't incredible. Um, I always liked him on the field. I I feel like his appeal to Spurs fans was his work rate more so than anything, and that fire as opposed to technical ability. Um, I still like the player and I, that's why I think you know we're linked to a loan move. Uh, I don't think we're trying to necessarily offload of this guy. I think he's like what, twenty four years old. But um yeah, I like I like Sergio Region, but it's it's kind of one of those things that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Ryan Session Young all of a sudden is back in favor. Um, again, after Tottenham signed him, it feels like forever ago. Um Like three, four years ago. So that's just the way it works sometimes. Um, Certain coaches come in and you fall out of favor. So um, unfortunate to see that with Rayon, but yeah. I will say this rumor I think we got
0: it from Fabrizio Romano, who is obviously supposed to be one of those high tier um, people working in the uh, world of soccer, but he is a Real Madrid like academy kid. So it'd be kind of hard for mm. me to see this one. But again, if he's desperate for playing time, you know it's kind of hard to be choosy when you're just trying to get some starting time. And especially if he's trying to make the World Cup, obviously there's some guys in Spain that are ahead of him. Um, I think what, Jordi Alba and I can't remember. There's probably one other guy, um, but they're all older. So I mean, Cucurella, Cucurella at this point. So um, it will be interesting to see what happens with Sergio Reguilón. Um, but Brandon, what other kind of moves are we seeing uh, swirling around in the transfer world?
1: Yeah, Lucas Paqueta did finally get that move uh, from Leon to West Ham for 36.7 million pounds. Uh, again, great signing for them. Um, Nottingham Forest, yes, they signed their 17th player of the summer, not on a permanent transfer, but on a loan with an option to buy of 25 million pounds. Renat, is it Renan Lodi? I don't know. Uh, Left back from Atletico Madrid. Um, He's young. I think he's only 24. So, you know, sort of like a trial period for him if he's not getting looks in Atletico Madrid. Um, You know, why not go to Nottingham Forest, who, again, has signed a completely new team <laughs> um, for the Premier League Like season. 14 players now, it seems, huh? Oh,
0: no, you said yeah, 17 17.
1: Now? 17th Gosh, player. It's insane. insane. And I don't know if they're done. I don't know if they're done. We'll see. Um, but we'll definitely Deep keep it pockets Yes, yes. And I'll uh, I'll leave this one to you, Cole, but I think Chelsea finally got someone that they've been working on for forever now.
0: Well, it's strange because... It sort of correlates. He was on the bench this past weekend as Leicester City played Chelsea uh, to the tune of a 2-0 loss, uh, I think it was. And, yeah, talking about Wesley Fofana, uh, the center back for Leicester, the young guy, um, has been out of the starting 11 for the past two, three games. And um, Brendan Rodgers pretty much is having no choice at this point but to keep him on the bench as he doesn't want to be playing for Leicester anymore. And, yeah, it seems as though this one's finally finally coming to the finish line um, for the tune of 70 million pounds. Uh, that is a hefty price. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I would probably imagine that being uh, only behind Harry Maguire's um, deal coming from Leicester City to Man U, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, a big deal. Um, Wesley fauna do you guys really think he's worth that price tag at this point? Well, didn't he also like –
2: just come off a very serious injury as well. Like does yeah. Chelsea know the player they're getting? This guy hasn't strung together a full season since like a year or two ago. So they paid $70 million. I don't know. If you're Chelsea, you like the signing cause you're doing something. You're addressing a position that you actually need and you're not linked to, you know, insert winger here. So I know. Uh, you know, you're excited about it. If you're a Chelsea fan, you might be a little bit weary, but honestly, um, I'm, you know, why not? Sure. Wesley fauna. Ryan,
1: what do you think? I know he's touted as one of the best center backs in the world, uh, but yeah, you're right, Steve. Coming off, I think, a, I don't know if it was a season-long injury, but it was very, very serious. Um, he actually got a, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember, but he got an extension while he was, uh, or a new contract maybe while, while he was injured. For Leicester just last year. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's like, "Ah, actually, I'm good. (laughs) I don't want to be here. I just think that's a weird, a weird, weird, oh my God, a weird sports (laughs) thing Um, where I guess the player has all the power in this situation, even though they just signed a long term deal um, for what I assume is a lot of money. And I'm sure Leicester City not
2: going out and making any signings. Yeah. Has not really helped him wanting to stay at the club either? Yeah, definitely not that either. So 70
1: million, is he worth it? I don't know if many players are worth that price to be completely honest. Um, Definitely not a center back, but he's one for the future. He's young. I think he's still only 23. So we'll see how it pays off. This is a question out of left field.
0: Um, Sort of speaking about those players and their ambitions and the control they might have over a club or team sort of feels like the Kevin Durant situation. He said, I want a trade request out of Brooklyn, even though he's the one that committed and signed that big contract. Should players be held more accountable to their contracts that they're signing, or should they be given that
2: power to have over these front offices and clubs? What do you guys think? I mean, you're seeing it right now with Mbappe at PSG, right? Like this guy is, he reminds me of Thomas Shelby from honestly, like the way his influence has in his contract, there's even stipulations about him taking penalty kicks is the rumor. And, and like, when it comes to that, it's – as a club, like, you have to be bigger than the player. Like, you have to be careful how you tread that line. You're watching it right now with Manchester United. Um, it, it's The club has to be bigger than the player. And for the club, don't offer the contract if you're not confident on it. That's on you. I, I tend to err on the side of the players in this regard – um you know if you're offering these contracts to lock these players up and stuff like that to play for your squad it's then up to you to put them in the best environment to thrive um and if you don't then and you're in the sports agency world like you shouldn't be surprised um so i don't know i i'm trying to think of a, an example to where you know the player should just listen to the club or play for the club like even thinking about the Usman Dembele drama over the summer with Barcelona, um, they ended up working out, and now he's getting ovations at the Camp Nou. So, I, I don't know. It's weird, right? So, if you're a player and you sign a contract, you best better show up and show out for your team. Um, and if you're a club, don't be surprised if you're dealing with egos in professional sports.
0: Go ahead, Brandon.
1: No, I was just going to say, I don't really know what the point of contracts are anymore. People might as well just sign like one year or two year deals with a player option um, because it just, they're, they don't really hold much value anymore other than the idea of if you, if you did just sign someone on a five year contract and a, and a bigger team comes in for them, then that player is infinitely more valuable than what they were. If they were on their last year of their contract, See that's when like the contract years and what what not comes into play, but I just I don't know. And when when it comes to power, I think the club should always be bigger than the player, but you have, you know, I I also fight. I, I I'm also on the team of players' rights too. Like players should get paid. Um, they are the the money maker. So pay your players. Um what they deserve i'm not a fan of agents however i think agents are probably the worst people in the world um some of them um but yeah i don't know it's a tough one i don't know where i actually fully sit on the whole thing good question yeah
0: no i think it's just it is interesting because it's like players obviously like in the real world you kind of have a choice of where you want to work you know you can choose It's somewhat like, okay, I want to go work in California. Well, I can leave my job here in Georgia and make that go happen. Like, you sort of have that choice. And when you're a free agent, you essentially have the freedom to choose. But, yeah, it's just interesting. You don't really have too much control over your career, like especially if you get drafted in American sports, you know, out of college, you get drafted to the Cleveland Browns. Well, you're stuck there for the first three years of your playing career until you sign a new contract or leave on free agency. And there's no guarantees of what happens after that. So it's, it is interesting. It almost works in reverse to soccer. You talked about like a young player signing a five year deal, their value goes up. Well, a player like Kevin Durant's going to sign a $30, $40 million deal for three or four years. And it's really hard to move a contract that big when you deal with salary caps and things. So it's like kind of an opposite thing. Well, how can we fit him into our certain, our particular uh, salary cap situation as well as getting value and picks or players to match it. So it's actually, it is crazy how all that you have to work out and making deals and stuff. But in particular, I think I sort of land on just collaboration. I think players should be able to have a voice without being suppressed, but at the same time, like the Mbappe situation, I don't think should be existing where he's the one making decisions over the manager, like, you know, taking penalties, um, the spot in the starting 11 all that like that should not come down to the player. You have to earn that day in and day out, I think. And that's just kind of the workplace you know, hierarchy in general. Um, but yeah, kind of fun place. I thought we could land real quick. Um, but back to some transfer rumors, uh, Everton getting the deal done with Brighton for Neil Mount. Ma- is it, how do you say his last Maupay. name? Maupay. Um, from the range of 15 and 20 million pounds. And Everton still has no wins this season. Um not really making any splashes in the transfer market, uh except getting Malpay. but is they' writing on the wall for their downward spiral to the championship or just the Premier League seller guys, what's going to happen with Everton?
1: Mm, I'll start yes, I think the writing is on the wall, and if I would go back and redo my predictions, I think i would I'd put them in wow uh, in the relegation zone um. There's only so, so, so much your, your crowd can give you. I'll just say that Um, you actually have to put good players on the field and set them up well enough to win games. Um, Neil Malpe is more of like a prolific fighter rather than a prolific striker. Um, So he's, he's not going to get you very far, unfortunately. And, I mean, again, I'd like for Everton to stay up. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Neil Malpe bags 18 goals, (laughs) Uh, but he won't. And I just, they they haven't brought, I don't know. They just haven't done enough. They have not done enough and they're already going downhill and they will continue to go downhill. I think I, it's, it's, it's a long season, long season, but I think that's a, that's a pretty good overreaction though. I think they will go down. Oh.
2: Yeah. Um I don't think I'm I mean I'm worried about them, but, but I'm I think the reason why they will stay up is because of um because of their fans at and Park. Uh, the atmosphere at these home games, we saw towards the end of last year. Um it's very interesting when you're in a relegation battle, your fan base you know, in American sports if the Braves are losing 100 games, fans are booing them, they're not supportive, but with English soccer just european soccer in general when you're talking about relegation it really is have this feeling of life and death um so regardless if you're everton and it's march april and every goal every game is just a monumentous like occasion and that's interesting when it comes to momentum um and you're watching the table um of other teams around you but I don't know. I'll circle back, but yeah, I think that they'll be okay. Um, Calvert Lewin, if he can string one game together this season um, on two feet, uh, that's an incredible player. Anthony Gordon coming into his own. I don't think they'll transfer him. I think the more losses that they've suffered with the transfer deadline being Thursday, he's staying put. Um, I think they're going to realize how much they need him and yeah, I think they'll be okay. I think Lampard will not be the coach by the end of the season. Um but maybe some January moves too. We have another window, uh, to improve the team, take stock. So but yeah, so I mean I hope they stay up. They're they're a cool English club and yeah, I think the reason why won't be a coach won't even be won't even be Neil Maope, Maupe. Ma- 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 um it'll be uh it'll be the fans at Goodison Park. Hmm. And, uh, Brian, you want to
0: take this last big signing and rumor from uh, this past week? Sure.
1: Manchester United, we always end up here in one way or another. They finally sign Anthony from Ajax for a reported 85 million pounds, which, yes, it is 100 million euros or dollars or want something. <laughs> um, finally, I guess, uh, does he make Man U better? Definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, is he worth that amount of money? I guess we'll find out. Probably not, but he has a lot of flair, a lot of talent. Um, very, very exciting player. Um, and that's what they do at Menu. They buy very exciting players uh, for uh, over overpriced and um, sort of hope for the best. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, they still haven't gotten their value from Harry Maguire yet spending 80 million pounds on him yeah it's it's incredible um yeah and there's been some weird rumors too revolving Ronaldo recently uh something about him going to Napoli and Victor Oshman coming in reverse to Man U is there any credence in that do we think do we believe that right now
1: Steve you take it
2: Uh, no yeah I mean I was listening to um ESPN FC talk about it. And I heard this is the thing with rumors. I can just throw out a number and it's a rumor, right? <laughs> um, I heard $130 million or something like that. Um, along with OC men uh, to pay for OC to come to Manchester United with Ronaldo going to Napoli and Manchester United paying 80% of Ronaldo's wages right? That's, that would be so,
0: the deal the century for Napoli. So,
2: so easy, right? That makes the most sense in the world. Um, no, so But this is real things that sports journalists are talking about uh, when you got a name like Ronaldo and an agent like Mendez. He's just he's trying, right? Like this, is, this works out perfect for Ronaldo. He's playing Champions League football. Um, but then Napoli has money to go spend in my players and da-da-da. But uh, it's not going to happen. It is really interesting with this Antony signing when you have Rashford's been kind of tinkering with playing up the middle. Um, so does Anthony who does Anthony take over for? Does he take over for a Sancho? Does he take over for Rashford? Does Rashford go back out on the wing? Is Ronaldo going to start? What's Alanga doing? Like this is going to be, I guess if you're a Tin or a good problem to have because um, you are going to be playing the best players and he won't be forced to make choices on the team sheet out of like a scarcity mindset of uh, not having talent. So Manchester United, good signing. Should be fun to watch. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say one last thing. Um,
1: I Even though I think they've already been rumored to get Obama Yang and I just don't know where that stands actually. I wish Ronaldo would go to Chelsea. It would make it so juicy. I know yeah, Tuchel would. probably wouldn't want that ego in his locker room, but oh my God, Ronaldo in that blue and playing Champions League. Oh, that would just be, that'd be insane. And, and he would score a lot of goals there. You know, you don't have to play, uh, what's his name? Havertz as a false nine anymore. You can actually play a real striker. And you can bury Christian Pulisic even further on the depth chart,
2: too. Yeah. It works out. Yeah. Of which
0: they announced he's not leaving. I think today yeah. they announced he's not leaving. So Saw that. who knows what's happening over there at Chelsea? Um, well, hey, let's uh, let's jump into the Premier League review from this past match week. At match week four, gosh, how has it already been four games? It's like, just insane to me. Um, we started off last week talking about the Brighton-Leeds game. Brandon was looking forward to this one the most. It turned out pretty much exactly what we expected it to be. Uh, Pascal Gross getting the only goal of the day in the 66th minute. Um, I thought that it was going to be a 2-1 game, like having Leeds get on the board at least. Steven had this one right at 1-0. Brandon had 2-0. Um, but yeah, Brighton and Leeds delivering in a pretty solid match and Brighton continuing up to fourth in the table, I think, now. They um, so they're hoping to stay up in a European competition. And if they made it to the Champions League, I mean, overcoming all those teams we just talked about, like Chelsea, uh, Man U would be an incredible, incredible feat, but unlikely, but hey, European seventh spot in the Conference League, not out of the question, especially this early in the season. Man City and Crystal Palace. um, Palace was in this one, honestly, for the first half. Uh, They got the early own goal from John Stones. Um, Joachim in the 21st minute, got the goal for Palace. And then it was just like dunk, uh, Man City turned on a switch. And in the 53rd minute, uh, Bernardo Silva got a goal. Um, was that the De Bruyne assist? Where he mm. like... Or was I that might be thinking game? from a, a different game. Yeah, from the okay. Newcastle game. Um, yeah, and then Holland, my guy. Y'all, I think Brandon, you called this one. Coming I'll in, getting the hat trick. Getting the hat trick. Uh, with the game ending four to two in favor of Manchester City. Just guys, with Holland leading this Man City team, are they gonna become the new Invincibles? Like could that actually happen again? A team not losing in the Premier League?
1: Uh, this Man City team? No, their defense is actually bad this year. I think they've leaked like six goals, five goals or something in the first four games. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll sure it up as the season goes on, um, but if they don't, that's you know that's not good. You don't want to be leaking goals in the back, even though you can score probably 20 per game <laughs> with Holland on the team. Um, he's a machine, and he did it in three different ways. It wasn't just like all headers or from the you know whatever. It's three different type of goals. It was just it was beautiful to watch. To be honest, just a, I'm a Holland fan. I'll say it. Um, are you are you in love? yeah uh, maybe as the season goes on we'll see but i did give him some big big credit uh in our season preview so um he might hit a, he might hit 30 this year who knows know. brandon's lullaby is the holland, holland.
0: <laughs> 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 love watching him streak down the field Steve, you think there's any chance they could go undefeated this season at all
2: uh, I mean, there's always a chance, right? Um, I don't think it'll happen, though. I think, again, just feeling out the vibes of this season, um, just like I desire for our fantasy football league, I want chaos. And I think chaos is what's going to happen this year in the Prem. Uh, City, I do think, will win the title and do so, you know, pretty healthily. But. Um, but yeah, I'm with Brandon. Um as a US fan, I'm hoping John Stone starts against the United States. And hammer um, and
1: Harry Maguire.
2: <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um no, I mean you look at City's defense with Kinsella, Rotary, like these guys, like God forbid they have any drop off and other players weren't as good as they thought they were. I don't know. Like I I think they'll definitely lose some games. I think Liverpool beat them in the preseason matchup, just preseason, but it you know, when Liverpool plays you know, city is going to hit different. Like when man United, we saw man United beat Liverpool. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, you know, that's why we love this league. And so I don't think city are that talented to be exempt from shockers this year.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I don't, I don't think they can do it. Obviously at this point it's worth having that conversation because they've looked so dominant. i um, just scoring a lot of goals, much like Arsenal has. Arsenal has, they've actually stayed perfect. No draws, no losses. Um, they got a win over Fulham. Um hey guys, Mitrovic still scoring goals. Yeah. I'm gonna say it. He's on his way to 18. Four in the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, well Arsenal finished this one off two to one. Um Mitrovic getting his goal in the 56th minute at the fault of Gabriel. Um, But hey, it wasn't enough. Odegaard—he's continuing to produce, continuing to score goals. So good. And the Brazilian then came in, uh, redeeming himself late, late, late in the 86th minute to win the game for Arsenal two to one. Um, The question being: How much longer can Arsenal stay perfect? Um, They've looked strong. Jesus has looked fantastic. Yeah, Odegaard again is producing at a high level, being the guy that Real Madrid wishes he was when he was 14. Um, How much longer can this Arsenal team stay perfect?
1: Until Wednesday, when the big, bad, tricky villains come into town and uh, <laughs> take a one nothing win. <laughs> hey, I oh hope God. so. I hope so for our sake and your sake. They have to drop points at some point. I, I hope Villa can get a draw or, or a win. That'd be awesome. But that's me is honestly, it, being Is that Villa really Park listed. or is it at oh, the no, Emirates? No, no, it's, it's at the Emirates. Um, so, I actually don't. I, I mean, how much longer can they stay perfect? I don't know their, their schedule, but... I'm going to be bold and say Aston Villa will give them the first non-win of the season. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, um,
2: I think I think staying perfect. Um, I mean, they could do a draw against Villa. I think they'll beat Villa, though. And then after that, they have Manchester United Sunday, September 4th. Mm. That's going to be... Early on, one of the best games of the season so far. I'm excited about that. But even then, it's like I could see Arsenal picking apart Manchester United. Um, mm-hmm. They're dangerous. Then they got Brentford. Then they play Tottenham. So we know Tottenham's going to beat them and take three points. But um, they're good. I've been saying it every week. Arsenal's very good team. Mm-hmm. Very good. Looking better than Liverpool. Looking better than Chelsea. Looking better or on the same pedigree kind of as Tottenham. And I think the way they win a game, this game, is also important to, like, note as well of making a silly mistake, like anybody can do, but especially Arsenal. Um, but finding the guts to come back and win at home, like, God, there's no better feeling um, for a player than to right your wrong in such a dramatic fashion in mm-hmm. front of your home crowd. Or are you kidding me? Um, that's confidence, right? So, and they're going to be riding that confidence in against Villa, and I think the game against Villa could be could be bad. Could be could could be three goal difference bad, but we'll see. Like it was last year. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, Brandon, Villa is taking on uh, West Ham coming up soon too. I sorry, they just they just took on West Ham. Uh, They haven't beaten West Ham since they've been back in the Premier League Uh, once again. Did not happen this weekend. (laughs) Uh, Y'all had a goal, I think, like the 56th minute or something like that off a corner. Uh, Mm -hmm. Was it Coutinho headed it to Kansa or something like that?
1: Maybe the Uh, the other way. I don't know. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, those
0: two connected, but it was off of the corner. The ball went over the end line, so it technically didn't count, which you never really see that often. Um, Mm -hmm. You also don't see Coutinho use his head to score or assist (laughs) a goal. So it was very unfortunate to have the loss go 1-0 especially um, I did catch that one, but Brent, At this point, I'll just leave this one to you. Uh, who was to blame for Villa's problem? Is it the squad or the manager you're looking at?
1: It's it's tough. You know, a lot of the the Villa fans are freaking out and want Gerard out, and rightly so. And he's been awful in 2022, like absolutely horrible. Um, and has not adjusted well. Doesn't know how to grind out games, the tactics seem like they should still be in scotland um <laughs> you know he just the premier league is that is the best league in the world and it's at just a totally different level than where he was coming from so there's a lot of um questions there west ham did get very lucky with an insane deflection from like 30 yards out <laughs> yeah it like it was bad. um run for but, it yeah it's just really unfortunate, but of course, you know you make your own luck, and that's sort of how it happened um we you know statistically we haven't created a lot of chances at goal, but we spend a lot of time in the final third, so it's almost like if they can figure a couple things out, we might start scoring goals a little easier um This game, if you watched it, it had draw written all over it, to be honest. It was very much a stalemate. Um, So a draw would have been a fair result. Um, So it just sucks that it was a loss. And again, I go back to what I said, and Steve said, you got to know how to draw games. That is on Steven Gerrard. It's on the players too, but that is on Steven Gerrard. Terrible substitutions that game. Took off Douglas Luiz, who was our best player on the day. And then after that, they literally score a goal in like the next couple minutes. Um, occupying a space where Douglas Louise would have been where the, the shot was taken. Anywho, but uh I can rattle off a, a list of players who are not playing up to potential. Luca Digne, left back for France. Yeah. Matty Cash, right back for for Poland. Um, John McGinn signed him th- for three million a couple years ago, looking like a three million dollar player right now. Um uh, just a lot of a lot of change up. Um, we don't know our best formation. Um, some of the players just aren't up to it. Like Coutinho hasn't really hit any stride yet. It's everybody, to be completely honest. It's everybody. But I think um, if, I, if I had to put a percentage to it, 75% probably lays on the manager, and that's that's not a good thing. He's not getting the best out of the players, not setting them up for success tactics are outdated and old and not progressive at all if there are any tactics sometimes you if you watch the games you have no idea what we're trying to do at all you have no clue um so yeah um yeah I, I again sorry i don't know if you can hear that somebody's drag racing down my street <laughs> but yeah i'd probably say most of it sits with the manager and uh i'll get into my overreactions here shortly
0: you know, we can uh, go ahead and jump into that if you want. Go okay. Let's spill, I'll, spill I'll,
1: the beans. There's a segue there. And I will <laughs> say if Steven Gerrard doesn't get at least five points from the next four games, which are away at Arsenal, like we just said, home at Man City. We played them really well at the end of the season last year. Away at Leicester, who who knows where they'll be in a couple games. And then home, at, home against S- Southampton. If we don't get five points, so that's – two draws and a win, <laughs> which I almost put seven points here. Like he needs seven points to not get fired. Um, five points for the next four games. He will be sacked during that international break, which I think is September 23rd. Um, yeah. I, and I don't know if this is really an overreaction. I don't know. Have you guys paid attention to any of this stuff, this drama?
0: Um, Sort of. I, a little bit. I almost feel like... You're in a race. That Leicester game might be the new El Sackico, uh, much mm, like uh, Manchester United and Tottenham was last season. The loser of that game might get the sack, um, yeah. whether it be Brendan Rodgers or Steven Gerrard. If the performances don't improve by that point, you know it's early in the season. It really is what seven games in, at that point eight games in. Um, but if the direction the club is going south, and it's hard to. Um, you know, find deposits from it, and you might just have to go a new direction, which Villa obviously does not want to do. They believed in Gerard, you know, bringing in players like Coutinho to help him out, um, and you know, buying him fully is a commitment to what they saw his vision being. And at this point, you know, Leicester has sort of had a steady decline with Brendan Rodgers going from winning um, under Claudio Ranieri to then going to Champions League, to Europa League, to Conference League, and now potentially falling out to the bottom half of the table. So. I think that game will be pivotal for both squads looking ahead. Um, But, yeah, Villa's got some stuff to figure out. They surely do.
2: Yeah, it's weird seeing the table and seeing, you know, again, early on, but Nottingham Forest is above Villa right now. Um, And Villa's on equal par right now with Bournemouth. Bournemouth has three points in their first four games in the Premier League, and so does Villa. They beat Um, Villa for their three points, by the way. (laughs) Opening game of the season. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just that's just not that's not a good sign of the times, right? Um so you expect more out of Villa. You talked about expectations of potentially kind of dipping their toe into Europe this year. Uh definitely top half of the table. Um so this is weird to talk about Villa with this, but honestly I I agree with you. Um one hundred percent actually. Five points out of the next four games. Um because if you don't get that, like You're at what seven points, six points in your first nine games in the Prem to start off the year. That's panic mode um, and get it right, especially when you have the talent that you have. Um, You're not, even though Nottingham Forest is balling out, but you're not a team that has a bad team. Like, you don't have a bad team of players here. Like, you have a lot of money on the field, you got to have those expectations high. You saw it with Tottenham, Um, it's a coach thing you know so hopefully that's not the case you know either gerard can get it right or you know pochettino de villa can so i don't know <laughs> Gosh. i don't know. i would love that <laughs> unrealistic i think but oh man
0: eh. that enough that about is, villa. enough about villa. <laughs> that might be overstretching things um steven an overreaction from you what would that pan out to be at this point match week four
2: arsenal top four punch the ticket um yeah, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record on Arsenal. They're good. They're really good. The way they're winning games are good. Arteta's been there. He's not a new face. The players respect them. Good. Good young players. Good new signings. Like, this is... I, I, I think the writing is all on the wall for Arsenal to finish top four. Um, I can't even sniff out any drama on this team. They got rid of that when they got rid of Aubameyang, you know? And that's True. that's a huge... You know, thing that they La that, <laughs> Yeah, and Lacazette. And, you know, Lacazette wanted to play Champions League football, so he left, right? It's like the ego thing. It's like yada, yada, yada. Odegaard doesn't care. You know, Gabriel Jesus doesn't care. These are guys that want to be here, came and come from Manchester City, Real Madrid. Um, and they got a good squad, man. So, yeah, I think Arsenal will finish top four. Who they knock out? I don't know um but i I, my reaction is that yeah that they will make top four and different subjects going back to holland i think holland's gonna score 30 goals um it almost this you see this frantic manchester city that goes down by two goals or gives up three goals against newcastle they could score even more goals like healthy de bruyne this year like this is a team, like, there's no question mark up top. There's no Aguero, there's no Jesus, there's no false nine, weird things. They got rid of Sterling. Uh, Holland's going to be the guy. Holland will score so many goals this year, and it's going to be amazing to watch.
0: I totally, totally, totally agree. Yeah, they've set the bar high at the end of this part of the season, scoring goals, especially him. I don't know, what's the record? Did we say the most goals in the Premier League season? He said 33,
1: Salah. I think he 32, 32 by Salah a couple years ago, yeah. Can he
0: in his first year break the Premier League goal record, you guys think? It's
1: definitely
0: I, will say,
2: I will cut it there. I'll cut it there. I think he'll hit 30. You know, I 30. think that's that's my overreaction for now. To break the record in your first year in the Premier League, will I put it past him? No. But I don't think he'll do it. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs>
1: you're, saying so you're saying
2: there's a chance. There's a
1: chance. <laughs>
0: Um, my overreaction is this and I'm not saying it's like a season long thing. I'm just thinking early on my overreaction is that Richarlison will take Youngman's Sun's spot in the starting 11. A wild statement I know and it's crazy because Sonny just came off winning the golden boot in joint with Mo Salah in the 2021-22 season but Richarlison has looked hungry. He's looked furious on the field. He's just been a dog. Like, yeah, he's been even showboating a little bit, doing some keep yuppies and then losing possession on a foul. But Hey, I'm, I'm liking his hunger. I'm liking his ability to create just something out of nothing. Literally. Um, this, that playmaker in him has been so great to show on the field. And I wouldn't be surprised if sometimes we see him in the starting 11 over Sonny, having Kulisevsky, Kane, and Richarlison on the field at the same time, um, Is an amazing three, even considering Sonny on the bench. So overreaction is we might see a little bit more of him on the field than we do Sonny in the coming games because of Sonny's lack of production to start out. Hot take. It is a hot take. I'm not asking for it. I'm not really believing for it. I'm just thinking that's an overreaction that Conte might make that adjustment um, in the coming days, especially against West Ham. Maybe he'll take a chance on Richardson, especially after his beautiful inside-the-boot, um, God, assist that Harry
2: assist was, was so nice. <laughs> God, it was so nice.
0: So, mark my words, if you see Richardson in the starting 11 and you do not see Sonny, I'm just saying. It's not a big overreaction. It's the it's facts. Uh, but we're rolling mm. into match week five. We had some midweek games, so uh, pay attention on the Wednesday schedule, the Thursday schedule, because Liverpool and Newcastle are playing. Liverpool just came off of a 9 0 of Bournemouth. My God. goodness. That was ugly for Bournemouth. I mean, they could do nothing right on the day. I don't even know if they came close to scoring. They might have had one chance that was decent, but it was just like unreal. Um, Salah didn't even score a goal. He looked almost non-existent on the field, which is funny because I've heard on, you know, everyone talking about their fantasy Premier League stuff that everyone had Salah being captain, expecting <laughs> him to get a hat trick or something against yeah. Uh Bournemouth, but yeah, he was not even on the score sheet. And Good job, Bournemouth Eli- defense Har- right there <laughs> Yeah, they did shut someone down today. <laughs> they just put all the resources into him and not everyone else. <laughs> Harvey Elliott had a nice goal. I don't know if you guys saw that from outside the box.
1: Yeah, there's a couple um, nice goals in the
0: day. So yeah, there was there was a couple in between, but we're talking about Liverpool and Newcastle. Uh it's been seven years since Newcastle's even beaten Liverpool. Um they've drawn four times since then. Uh, are we really riding on much in this game? We're kind of thinking Liverpool will just ride over Newcastle pretty easily.
1: I think Newcastle is unbeaten on the year. Um, and I think they will go take it to Liverpool again. Um, <laughs> I think they will show up and they'll go fight. Uh, middle of the week games are sort of interesting. Um, and I wonder how that will affect Liverpool, to be honest. Um Newcastle, they they have aspirations for Europe, and they're really showing out right now. So, they did against Man City, who I think is a lot better than Liverpool this year. Um, I think they could go do the same thing um, here this this week. So, it could I, it it could be a draw. I don't know if Newcastle could win the game, but they definitely could. Um, but Liverpool could also. I, it's really up in the air, but I would not count Newcastle out.
2: Do we know if uh, Nunez will be back for this game? Or is he still suspended one more? I think he's he still one suspended more. one more. There's a yeah.
0: three-game suspension.
2: Yeah, uh, with that being said, I think it'll be a point shared. Um, it's at Anfield, um, which is something to take into account. But Newcastle's mm-hmm. not a pushover. And they're going to be coming off that point. That's gonna feel like a win against City. they might even be walking away from that game like, "Whoa, what if we stole that three points? We could have done. We could have been there, you know." Very much so. So, um, I think Liverpool has taken their frustrations out like a <laughs> drunk frat boy on a cooler with a baseball bat um, against Bournemouth, <laughs> and that was something to see. But Newcastle is not the thing that can't fight back. Right. So (laughs) it's interesting to see about the new signing coming in. Um, You know, so we'll see, but I think it'll be a point shared.
0: Good call on that. I don't disagree. Uh, West Ham, they play London rivals Tottenham Hotspur. Um, Yeah. Over the past couple of years, it's been pretty tight. Only two draws though. Um, Gosh, my least favorite draw was that freaking three, three, one during the pandemic. Uh, West Ham coming back from 3-0 with like 10 minutes to play. Mm -hmm. Landini scoring that unreal goal, um, just blasting it to the top left corner. Um, But they just came off of a win over Villa. Uh, Does David Moyes come into this game with confidence against Tottenham, or is Tottenham, who have been rolling pretty well this season, uh, do
1: they come into this one feeling strong and get the win over uh, West Ham, Brandon? Um. I think it'll be a close game as it always is. Uh, West Ham's a tough team, um, but they've only scored one goal. And like I said earlier, by extreme luck, they do not look a threat going forward at all. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys have given up many goals this year. Um, your defense seems pretty sound. So we gave it
0: up up to Chelsea. That was the most we gave up.
1: Yeah. I think you'll keep a clean sheet here. And with the way your, your forwards can just get something out of nothing. Um
2: yeah, I could see a 2 nothing Tottenham win here. Yeah, I'm going to go a step further and say 3-0. Um, I think this is Tottenham's – it's a huge opportunity right now. Um, Arsenal has the pressure on. I guess you can't really say that they have the pressure on the, when they're top of the table, but um, – as far as the finish from last year, uh, Arsenal's the a pressure on Tottenham right now, and this could be a huge game to stamp what they're about, going away, taking care of business at West Ham. Um, it's always been a great game. I, I'm reminded of the Heung-Min Son banger goal and Jay Rodriguez banger goal. Um, I think it was like three minutes apart from one another. They're both like over 30 yards out of the box. It was amazing. Um, but, yeah, I think Tottenham – to Brandon's point, defense is actually looking pretty good. Um, so I'm going to ride that confidence. Uh, I'm with Conte, and uh, yeah, I think Tottenham gets it done, 3-0. And I think Sun quiets Cole Carter and gets on the score sheet.
0: I hope so. I do hope so. Uh, it's it's mentally one of those hurdles and games that I think I talked about the Chelsea one where we had not beaten or drawn or done anything with Chelsea and just like, i really struggled against them. We lost like four or five times against them last year. I said that this Tottenham team has to evolve and has to put games away or has to beat and take care of the team that they're supposed to take care of. And so West Ham, I think sort of falls into that category. They're not a pushover, but they're mm-hmm. a team that we should be able to beat. Um, I think we've shown our ability to score on them and beat David Moyes' teams. We just have been lackluster in putting them away a couple of times. And so, that's the defining factor is potentially for those season is what Tottenham team is going to show up. Are they going to show up as a new rebuilt into Conte team? They're going to be old Tottenham, the Spursy one. And so uh, I hope they come out with a win. I hope you're right, Steve. I hope Sonny can get on the score sheet. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we stumble over the block on this one, even get a loss. Um, that would not surprise me. But, I'm not hoping for that. What's obviously. your prediction? Give me, give me a score line, You
2: ambiguous boy.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and say one nil West Ham.
2: Mm.
0: I just I I have a weird feeling. I mean, if I'm just predicting something, I don't want it to do yeah. that, but it just depends on what time is going to show up. We've shown to be pretty strong this season, but at the same time, like, you know, we could have put our last game away a little bit more than we it i don't know it's just i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens um against west ham
1: well i mean look one nil for west ham one nil for villa same same um you know we'll do you guys a favor (laughs) this (laughs) oh my gosh uh the last game
0: on the docket for the familiar that you guys think you should be keeping an eye on is leicester city and man united leicester is in the bottom of the table um sitting there close with wolves staying warm with one another, the foxes and the wolves. Um, Not quite the fox and the hound, but you know, it works. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) But Man United has dominated this meeting in the past couple of years. um, From 2016 to 2020, Uh, Leicester has been unbeaten the past two though, beating them in the FA Cup quarterfinal in 2021, two times in the league as well as a draw. Um, So Leicester hungry, hungry, hungry for their first win this season. Uh Man United's looking strong after that embarrassing loss that was 4-0. Uh, could this be Leicester's first win this season? Do we expect that from them?
1: Uh they've had Manchester United's number for a little bit now. Um, but this team is not playing to that level. I still think it, I still think they could get their first win though. Um, I really do. It's it's at Leicester. Um it, it'll be something like 2-1 I I guess I'll predict that 2-1 Leicester um but it'll be a fun one I think Uh, I think it would be definitely one to watch
2: I'm gonna swing the opposite direction Manchester United keeps it rolling with three wins in a row enter the Europe conversation into the top six and just like that, United's season is not off to a horrible start. I got a 3-1 win over Leicester. Um, and maybe even a Ronaldo uh, Let's Go Boys post afterwards on his Instagram. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's it's crazy. We've been talking about how these early games are important and how quick things can uh, change and swing different directions. United's look pretty good these past couple games. Um, Leicester City... Does not. Um, and this whole drama of Fafana, like, bam, another blow, um, is kind of the way I'm looking at it. Um, Anthony, new blood, Casemiro, new blood coming into the team. Um, and again, with these recent, like, renaissance of last year of Jaden Sancho and Marcus Rashford, it feels like United's made even more signings. Um, I think they got a lot of things to be excited about, and I hope they keep it rolling. Um, and I think they're going to take care of Lester pretty handily.
0: I think Ronaldo gets on the score sheet. Um, and I think he's the difference maker. I think it's probably a 2 1 win for Manu, the super sub, coming in and scoring and mm. fighting his way back into the team. If he's going to stick around, I think he'll yeah. be putting his name back in the hat, which is what are you going
1: to say? So it begs the question: Another person that's left left off the starting eleven, will he ever get his spot back? And that's Harry Maguire. How does he get back into the team? He uh, certainly
0: won't be taking Martinez's spot in the. That just leaves Varane. If Veron stumbles, you know, I don't know. Is this also might be a game where Ten Hog switches things up, being Leicester City, being that they're on the bottom part of the table. He might switch it up to bring was, Maguire back in for yeah. Varane.
2: I was just getting ready to say if you're Tin Hog, I think you're real smart to to start Maguire. Um it's it shouldn't be that big of a test. So it's kind of like you know when to get a guy confidence, you want to put him in a low stress situation. Um, cuz at the end of the day like even if Maguire's not going to be an out and out starter, right? Like if we're going to buy into this Martinez taking over his position kind of role or whatever, you still need Maguire to be sharp and be on when called upon. Um, and it's a great thing to kind of boost his ego back up. Look at your old team, look where you've been, look who you're playing with now. And so I, I would be, I think it'd be a good move to start Maguire against Lester. Get that mm-hmm. fire going.
0: I think you're 100% right, Steve. Um, well, yeah, that is uh mostly what we have covering for the premier league. Um, we love getting a chance to talk about it, covering all those games. Definitely ones to watch. Hopefully the results are favorable to what we predicted. Um, but you never know. Uh, that's just how the Premier League is. It's unpredictable. That's what makes it so fun to watch. Bottom teams can beat top teams. And those ones in the middle are certainly draws that are fun to watch. Uh, well, hey, we'll give you guys a quick recap of our MLS Fast Five from the weekend. Austin FC and LAFC took on one another. Austin FC took this one 4-1. to one. Uh, not even wow. close. Gareth Bale made his first start for LFC, and he made no difference. And uh, there's a little bit of a scuffle, some drama, um, some tension, mm. but that Austin FC crowd was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Sold it out that stadium. And um, yeah, guys, Austin FC feels a lot like that. 2018 Atlanta United team where this might be their year to win MLS cup in their second season. What do you guys think?
1: I agree. They could do it. Yeah. They are hot. They can score goals out of nothing, out of nowhere. They're very fast. They play at a great tempo. Why not? And Why they have not? basically the same jerseys as Atlanta United from that year. I so. know,
2: just
0: <laughs> green, and, green and black instead of red and black. I do think yeah. it's really really nice and looks clean. Yeah, I had them tying 3-3. Brandy had that one 5-4, 2-3, and favored LAFC. Steve had uh, – so we had a high-scoring game, but obviously this one was heavily favored towards Austin FC. Portland and Seattle was – Two one Portland at the end of the day the Cascadia um, derby um, I had Seattle winning two to one Brett had a two two draw and Steve had a two two draw as well not hitting the mark on that one for the boys um, but Portland not missing the mark themselves getting three important points in the West um, Cincinnati Columbus ended in a two two draw all of us um, missing the mark once again I thought that since he would get the one nil win brandon had a 2-1 steven also concluding the same and it, it was a 2-2 draw between the two ohio teams brandon he missed a stunner uh Brandon vasquez once again getting on the score sheet and um we'll see what happens in the next time that they see one another maybe in the playoffs might be the time that they get a chance to play one another again um orlando took on NYCFC in and 1-2-1 um, Brandon and Steven chose the right winner. I had a 1-1 draw. Brandon 1-0 to Orlando and Steven got the scoreline identically correct. And Atlanta United at a home against DC United. Wayne Rooney making his visit to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Um, I had a 4-1 win. Brandon had a 3-1. Steven as well and this one ended 3-2 for Atlanta United to get three important points in the race in the East. And guys, is Atlanta United on track to make the playoffs?
2: On track. So. <laughs> on, on track, the answer is a short no, but it was, as I was putting together the, the MLS Fast Five recap to see what we were all talking about, I was listening to our last episode, and we all sounded so confident. I was like, yeah, we know we're going to win, and we ended up winning this game, but not nearly as convincing as any three of us thought. Mm-hmm. A, we already thought LA United was poor, and then coming out of this game, you almost feel worse about the team, even though you win. <laughs> yeah it was it was definitely weird to watch <laughs> thank goodness yeah. for parata our, our three-headed <laughs> goals though that was fun We yeah. had three-headed goals didn't score their feet josef martinez jumped up like ronaldo um mean mugged the crowd does he start next week i don't know that knee's looking good getting up
0: getting those bunnies
2: mm-hmm. please we'll, we'll take the the, pr-
0: we'll take the protection from him <laughs> oh man i'm hoping he'll stay around and get hot um, we're so bad yeah. hey you know anything can happen there's a chance are there's a playoffs chance are around the corner and you just gotta believe steve gotta believe steve not uh, what <laughs> it's true <laughs> that's why you're a bad fan that's why this podcast exists is for fans like steven um uh, that's gonna wrap up today um all the things on the bad fan whether it be soccer Uh, talking about tennis and golf, anything in between. Um, We hope you've enjoyed our coverage of things like the Premier League and all the sports around the world. Uh, Becoming a bad fan is easy to help support the channel. Uh, You can subscribe and click the bell below this video. That way you're always notified of new videos and anything going on in the world of the bad fan. You can find and interact with us on Twitter and Instagram and in the comments below this video. Um, Give us your hot takes. Give us your predictions. Uh, maybe even share with a friend and let them in on what's going with the bad fan and get them to watch some videos Uh, but that's going to be it for us today i've been cole carter they've been brennan and steven we'll see you guys in the next one enjoy the midweek games enjoy sports and the upcoming labor day weekend if you don't see us on friday until then peace out guys and enjoy